Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Noel Conradin here with you on Double K Country. It's now time for Healthy Nevada. And we have Candy Dahmer in here, who is the Community Worksite Wellness Coordinator with Healthy Nevada. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How about you? I'm doing great. Outside of the cold weather, but yeah. yeah. I showed, I told Ben it was cold, and he showed me a screenshot of a negative 42-degree reading, and I thought, well, I told that to the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not that cold. Oh, I know. I'm ready for the warmer weather. Okay, today we're going to talk about Secret of Self-Discipline, How to Become Extremely Focused. Yes, self-discipline, let's be honest, for most of us is a work in progress wrapped in good intentions, some procrastination, and then feelings of failure. But it doesn't have to be. Self-discipline, like everything else, is a practice. Not every day will be perfect, but each day within its failures and small wins is progress, and that's what self-discipline is all about. I have found some steps you can take today to build self-discipline, coupled with a healthy understanding of what self-discipline is and a little inspiration, hopefully giving you some tools to develop a practice of self-discipline in everything you do. Okay, let's talk first. What is self-discipline? Self-discipline is the ability to do what you should be doing. Self-discipline often means putting off your immediate comfort or wishes in favor of long-term success. For example, if you want to become physically fit, you might endure the short-term discomfort of 5 a.m. gym times to attain the long-term benefits of being healthy and feeling great. Self-discipline gives us the ability to overcome our emotional mind by moving forward with physical action. Okay, where else will self-discipline make a difference? Well, it will help you achieve long-term goals. Self-discipline allows people to resist immediate wants in support of higher-impact long-term goals. The achievement of difficult goals entails not only talent, but also a sustained and focused application of talent over time, or what we call self-discipline. It also decreases anxiety. When we're stressed, we have We each have our vices. Hi, my name is Candy, and I procrastinate when I'm stressed. When we experience negative emotions, people tend to distract themselves by doing or thinking about something else. In fact, a 2016 study found self-improving self or found improving self-control may help students deal with anxiety-related problems during the school testing. It can increase your physical health. This one is likely pretty obvious, but people who demonstrate regular self-discipline are better able to resist the use of health-damaging substances like tobacco and alcohol. Self-control is also linked to lower rates of obesity and addiction. It can positively, positively impact relationships. Yes, self-discipline can also make your relationships better. Psychology Today says the capacity for self-control is a capacity for empathic perspective taking. The ability to step outside one's own point of view, taking these steps allows us to overcome our automatic defense reactions and adopt a more constructive behaviors contributing to healthier, happier relationships. It can help you become more resilient. Do you bounce back easily after adversity? Self-discipline can be a predictor of resilience. Apparently, the more resilient you are, the better control you have over impulses and delayed gratification. 
Psychology Today says a resilient person has a belief in their own abilities to manage life's challenges and situations effectively. And self-discipline can make you feel happier. The more productive you are, the more creative and happier you are. The more we feel in control of the origin of our behavior, the better sense of well-being we we have, and that makes us happy. Okay, now let's talk about how can we build self-discipline. Okay, number one is know where you struggle. Start by writing down what you do in a day. Then reflect on what you value and ask yourself whether your behaviors uphold those values. There are likely a few things you're doing each day that don't honor those values. Hey, we're only human. We've all got a few. During the identification phase, it's helpful to ask for feedback from colleagues, mentors, and family who know you best. See if there's an overlap between how others see your actions and how you've self-defined your weaknesses. Once you've honed in on a few areas to improve, put together a plan of attack such as, one of my weaknesses is to procrastinate calling prospects until it's too late in the day. This puts me behind for the rest of the week and makes it tough to meet my quota. Tomorrow I'm going to make X calls first thing when I get into the office. The second way is to know how you succeed. Greeting your coworkers and asking about their evenings, a trip to the kitchen for coffee, a team lunch, an afternoon walk to the local coffee shop, all of these trips or small trips add up to a lot of time away from work. It's important to build relationships with your coworkers and give yourself mental and physical breaks throughout the day. But it's also important to be honest about your work patterns. If your mornings are consumed by non-work-related events and that's when you're the most productive, that's not good. Know when you do your best work and schedule around it. Number three is identify and write down clear goals. Did you know that you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down? The act of writing down goals forces you to visualize the goal itself, how to achieve it, and what steps you need to take to get there. So before you set out to become the best, best version of yourself, whether at work or in your personal life, identify your goals and write them down. Number four is visualize your outcome. Your brain doesn't differentiate between real and imagined memories. So when you imagine something vividly, your brain chemistry changes as if you've actually experienced it. Visualizing positive outcomes like when I make it to the top of our activity board, I'm going to treat myself to an an excellent dinner, gives you the positive feelings associated with ascending to the top of the leaderboard while reducing feelings of insecurity. This makes it easier for you to overcome feelings of fear and take actionable steps toward achieving your goals. Number five is don't don't wait for it to feel right. If you wait for your schedule to be perfect or your desk to be clutter-free, you might never get started on the work that needs to be done. Embrace every moment as having just what you need to do your best work, because it does. Number six is start small. If you're ready to wreck your bad habits and transform yourself into an ideal salesperson or employee, you probably better start small. Overhauling your work habits in one week is a recipe for burnout and disaster. Instead, pick a few small habits to focus on each week. For one week, you might decide to bring your coffee to avoid the 
to the, if you bring your coffee to the office to avoid the morning routine uh, known as the break room in favor of getting right to work. With a week of successes under your belt, you might block a few hours on your calendar every Friday afternoon to finish up administrative tasks like adding prospect notes for customer relations or re- replying to outstanding emails. After a few weeks of improving one habit at a time, you might be surprised to know how much more productive and self-disciplined you've already become. Number seven is get a mentor. Mentors generally have more experience, know you well, and can give you the unvarnished advice and feedback you need to succeed, not only in your current job, but in your career. Now, number eight is important because it is practice, fail, start over. It's not that those with self-discipline never have days where they eat all the donuts in the kitchen or spend 45 minutes on social media. It's that they do these things, then they wake up the next morning and try to make better decisions. Self-discipline is the act of trying, failing, and trying again. Number nine is know how you'll measure progress. If you don't know how you'll track your progress, it will be difficult to know whether you're succeeding. If your goal is to book more meetings during the first half of the month, start by identifying how many meetings you want to book. Then work backward to figure out how many meetings you'll need each week and how long each meeting will take to finalize. Once you've determined the details of your goal, decide what success looks like. Are you simply shooting for an overall number? Will it count if a meeting is canceled at the last minute? Should the meeting lead to a demonstration? Determine what success looks like so you know how to measure it. Number 10 is take care of yourself. Self-discipline is worth very little if you're killing yourself to achieve it. Everyone works the occasional way too long day, but if you're burning the midnight oil for weeks or months on end to be more self-disciplined, you've missed the point. Part of self-discipline is taking care of yourself. Breaks throughout the day, a healthy diet, plenty of sleep, and healthy relationships make the world and us go around. In fact, studies show mindfulness exercises like taking a short walk, noticing five things around you, or identifying two smells can actually increase productivity in the workplace. Number 11 is treat yourself. Want your good habits to stick? Studies show rewarding yourself is the key. Deprivation can lead us to start justifying bad behaviors and that often sounds like I've earned this or I deserve this and it's often the beginning of the end of our progress. Instead give yourself treats throughout your self-discipline practice. These treats whether a nice dinner or a new pair of shoes will help you feel organized or (laughs) organized excuse me energized restored and never deprived. And finally number 12 is forgive yourself. Just as importantly, you must forgive yourself when you slip. We talked about it earlier, but you will fail. It's inevitable. What's important is that you move on. To do that, you've got to forgive yourself. It's not about giving yourself grace to not measure up. It's viewing everything realistically. If you wake up late 
rush to the office and forget to bring your coffee, which thrusts you into the break room for 30 minutes of coworker conversation and three calls short of your daily goal, look at the situation realistically. Once you've looked at the impact of your slip, you can decide how to move forward and get back on track. Remember, self-discipline is a practice. You will not be perfect every day. What's important is showing up each day and ready to try. Thank you for listening today. If you or your organization are interested in any of these mindfulness stress reduction techniques, please contact me at Healthy Nevada. Our telephone number is 417-283-4575. And check our Facebook and Instagram pages for our mindful moments each week. All right, Candy. So we were talking today, Secrets of Self-Discipline, How to Become Extremely Focused. I learned a whole lot with that one. Well, thanks. Just If you're going to fail, you know you will. Yeah. And pick up and go on. Yeah. How cool. All right. Well, thanks again for coming in and talking to us today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. That's our Healthy Nevada program today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Noel Cunnett, and you're listening to Your Brand of Country, 97.5 FM, Double K Country.